You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Colorado Rockies edition. Hello, everybody. I'm Allison Footer, and I'm here with Thomas Harding for our awesome weekly chat. Uh, Tom- Big news, of course, uh, this week was the announcement of the 2019 Hall of Fame class, and Larry Walker missed it. Um, he's got one more year on the ballot. There seems to be growing support for him. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you think, and what do you think of his chances next year? Yeah, there were some guys this year that you knew had to get in. Mariano Rivera, of course, was unanimous. And then you had Roy Halladay getting in. And I think the last year on the ballot of Edgar Martinez really helped him. Um, I thought that that Mike Mussina would be borderline. It turned out that he did get in. I think going into next year, though, you have one guy that's a must-have, and that is Derek Jeter. You know he's going to get in. I think that Kurt Schilling will get in next year. Other than that, it's not that crowded a ballot. There, are, there aren't very many obvious Hall of Famers. Of course, you have the controversies involving Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. So there may be a lot of um, energy and time put into re-examining Larry Walker. Um, the home road thing with Colorado, the more you look at the numbers, the more you see that he performed well on the road when he was here. He performed well on the road when he was with other teams. Um, I think it actually will help him a little bit, the fact that he played for the uh, – at the start of his career and, of course, finished up with St. Louis because people, I think, still don't respect the type of baseball that's played here at the ballpark. But um, if he can get in next year and have that jump, then it may help Todd Helton in his future. He got, he got on the ballot this year and only got 16.5% of the vote. Frankly, I expected that. I expected him not to be very high on that vote. I was just hoping that he would stay on the ballot. I thought Lance Berkman, by the way, should have stayed on the ballot. But the fact that Helton's still on the ballot, I think that there is time to really examine his candidacy for the Hall of Fame. It, um, yeah, it, it kind of irks me a little bit that the ballpark is seems to be something that is viable enough to be held against a candidate. Um, artificially enhancing your body seems to be less important. Um, so, I, you know, I get it. It's a huge electorate. Uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of differences of opinion. Uh, but I feel like there's kind of some hypocrisy going on there. And I feel like, look, Larry Walker played at Coors Field. He didn't pick that. He didn't... Um, you know, we don't know what the difference would have been had he played in a more like maybe pitcher friendly uh, ballpark. But I just don't see why, how you can like take that criteria and and use that against him when there's clearly writers that are taking the criteria of having put things in your body that make the ball go further that are not having the same issues. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But if you look at it this way, I guess Larry Walker did choose to come here because he did sign as a free agent. But it is a ballpark in Major League Baseball. It's not like they don't count games that are played here. And there was minor league ball played before that, and it didn't seem to be a huge issue. The the issue that I have with it is this. If you look at Yankee Stadium for a left-handed hitter, you look at Fenway Park where pop-ups become home runs or doubles off the green monster, and you're telling me this is this is not legitimate because the ball tends to travel a little bit further. How about the West Coast, where I think there was a there was a point last season, um, at the, or, or the season before, where Clayton Kershaw, the people looked at his stats, home versus road, 
Dodger Stadium helped him a lot more than it helped Nolan Arenado. Okay, so do you discount pitchers in Dodger Stadium? Do you discount them in San Francisco Oracle Park? It is now. I don't think you do. Yeah, I guess my point was that Larry Walker doesn't have any control over how thin or thick the air is and where he decides. That's true. Well, so, yes, he decided to play in Denver, but he does not control the elements. And, and the other thing is, um, as you mentioned, the performance enhancing drug problems, the, the issue is there are players in the Hall of Fame now that are suspected of it. And uh, I think that um, some people believe there are players in the Hall of Fame right now that weren't suspected that probably did use PEDs. My thing about uh, whether it's uh, Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds is this. I can't determine who they went against that was using. In other words, if Barry Bonds hit a home run, but if he hit it off of someone else who was using PEDs, does that cancel it out? Does it make it legitimate? Same with Roger Clemens. If he was using, was and, and he struck out somebody who happened to be using. I don't know how we could go back and kind of adjudicate that now on the back end. Yeah, I'm enjoying the argument that the designated hitter, uh, that the DH shouldn't get in because it's not like a legitimate position, yet, uh, you know, artificially enhanced bodies are. I I don't know. Once I get to have a vote, I guess I can express all of my angst over this whole thing and put everybody in their place and make everybody listen to me. That's right. The day that Ron Bloomberg stepped up um, and it was on the it was on the line of DH, it's a legitimate position. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Exactly. Okay, let's move on. Let's let's go back to talk about the Rockies in the uh, in the sense of 2019. So recently, we had an article up on MLB.com. If the rotation, uh, or if, I'm sorry, if the season started today, what would the rotation look like? I happen to like this Rockies rotation, and I'm sure that a lot of people do too. Um, so a lot of familiar names, but also you had a nice story about Jeff Hoffman, who is attempting to, you know, make a comeback and remind people what a good pitcher he is. So how do you how do you view the rotation of 2019? Yeah, listen, I'm going into my 20th year covering this team. In fact, I should make a special logo to wear on all my shirts every day I go to the ballpark. Very rarely have I seen a Rockies rotation where not only there are five guys, but there are guys behind those five who legitimately could be in a big league rotation. I mean, there, there, there were years, I remember the year that Sean Estes as a non-roster invitee started on opening day. But so in a bit, way, it's a bit of an embarrassment of riches with Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, um, Tyler Anderson, John Gray, Chad Bettis. But then you also have Antonio Santella, who started in last year's NLDS. And I did bring up the name of Jeff Hoffman guy that um, was was the key prospect in the Troy Tulowitzki deal in 2015. He's, he pitched some in 2016, was up in 2017. Last year, he had a real shot to make the rotation, and he gets a rotator cuff impingement in spring training. Um, he, does, he does get called up for five relief appearances and a start, but it was pretty clear at the end that he was um, – not really in the plans to come up even in September. So he went to driveline, which it seems like every time I talk to a Rockies pitcher or about one, they go to that driveline facility in, in um, suburban Seattle and they get the full workup. And now um, and they have special patented exercises. Well, not too long ago, Jeff Hoffman threw a pitch in, in training um, in, in Arizona where he's working now at 90.9 miles an hour. That's faster than any pitch he's thrown in his entire career. And he's uh, and, and, and this is what uh, January. I mean, 
imagine what happens if he's able to continue this, then show up at spring training with the full velocity um, and, and, and everything that you need. Can he push his way into that rotation? So I, I find it really fascinating that you've got him, Antonio Senzatella, who um, was very fast ball reliant. And he's starting to mix things up. And also they have a young kid, uh, Peter Lambert, who's 21. He'll be 22 early next season, I think in April. And he made it to AAA last year. So you've got really eight guys for five spots right now. And at least seven of them have done it in the major leagues to some degree, had some big games there. So the, while you look at a lot of teams that are dealing with openers and initial outgetters and whatever you want to call them, frankly, a lot of that is because they don't have five legitimate starting pitchers. You looked at Tampa Bay last year. They didn't have five pitchers. It wasn't that they decided that they were going to take, you know, the old Braves rotation and reinvent the game. They didn't have five starters. So that's what they did to get through. The Rockies actually have more starters to deal with and guys that you don't really trust in a big league game for a contending team than they have spots. And, and that's the good thing to the good, as they say, the good problem to have in baseball, which is a very well-worn cliche. But it, when you go to spring training, I mean, that is what you want. You want too many good pitchers for too few spots. Um, and so, you know, I know that there's, you know, some questions surrounding this team, but the more that I, I guess I talk to you and the more I read about the Rockies, I feel like they're in a pretty good spot here. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand the Dodgers are um, always going to be the perennial favorite. But some, you know, sometimes these formulas don't quite work when you put all these people together. And I sort of feel like the Rockies might have a better handle on uh, just the individual needs and how everything fits. And I guess it starts with that starting pitching. Yeah, it does start with the starting pitching. And listen, when you're looking at the Rockies, because they don't make big splash moves in the offseason um, and they're not a big market team where they're constantly out there buying veteran players. They will never be considered a team that's going to win a, a whole lot of games or run away with the division. I mean, the, I think the only time they've ever been predicted to win the division was right after they went to the World Series where nobody saw it coming. They were predicted the following year and they struggled that year. Um, even if you look at, uh, I think it was Las Vegas, they threw an 82-win prediction on the team or an over-under on the team. I mean, 82 wins right after they won 91 with young pitching that's getting older. I just think this is a hard team to predict. Part of it is that field, course field that we've been talking about, that we were talking about earlier in the show. Um, you really can look at the pitching and say, gee, these guys aren't as good as the Dodgers because maybe they, their ERA is a little bit elevated. But the Rockies starting rotation through more innings than any other group of starters in the National League last season. So what are we dealing with here? I think they're just a very hard team to predict because of the strange, strange, strangeness of the park and the fact that they tend to be young or they tend to be not seen by a national audience. So people don't really know what they have. Let's take a let's end our conversation with a question from a fan. You have a, an inbox coming up and you asked uh, on Twitter for fans to send you some questions. And the real SCS would like to know the GM promised to add some offensive bats this offseason. And all he's gotten was Murphy. Does he have anything else planned? What uh, what say you, Thomas? Well, there's one spot left on the 40 man major league roster. I know that uh, they tend to they're still looking for catching, but catching really isn't there. I don't think they're planning more. And to be fair about it, what 
general manager Jeff Breidich said was they wanted to improve the offense. They didn't say they're going to sign six bats, eight bats, whatever. Um, I think that Daniel Murphy, with his professional hitting and the fact that Coors Field certainly can help him with line drives into the gaps and he has some power, that's going to help the offense. The rest of it is going to come from within. I mean, if you but if you look at it, last September, David Dahl hit nine home runs, I think drove in 27 runs in September. Then you look a couple years back where he had that second half of the season when he first came to the major leagues. He hit 315 and showed some power and run dr- and, and runs um, production there. He's going to be a starter this year, and that should make a difference to this team. They also have some young guys um, that are competing for the second base job. That should make a difference. Trevor Story is taking another step forward. I think whenever you look, whenever you're planning the season as the Colorado Rockies, you have to count on some of you young guys taking the next step. You saw that with the starting rotation over the last two to three years, and you're hoping to see that with the guys they have on the field. But I am expecting David Dahl to start to show as long as he's healthy. He's had some injury problems, but as long as he's healthy, I think he started. he'll start to show why he was a number one pick for the Rockies and a top 10 pick overall out of high school a few years back. Outstanding. Okay, Thomas, good talk. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for listening. All right. I'll be extras, the Colorado Rockies edition, and we'll talk to you next week.